Hello everyone and welcome again or for the first time to the Comics Are Better podcast. I am Brian and I do not know why I have this inflection in my voice right now, <laughs> but thank you for joining us. We're here to talk about the world of indie comics and with me as always are my lovely hosts Richard and Hi. Terry. I did not give a pause for you to say hi. I apologize. As I as as the second before we started recording, I'm like, oh, I'm editing and I gotta make this perfect. And here I go. I'm the one who messes up first. But and Carrie, you didn't even say hi. Say hi, Carrie. Hi. Did you say my name? <laughs> yeah, I did. Sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're all here. We're all <laughs> cognizant <laughs> right now. <laughs> now we are. No, but um, this is actually our last episode of the uh, the season. And uh, we'll talk a little Yay. bit more about that. Sorry, end. am I the only one excited? Oh, no, all right. Well, um, so we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, you know, kind of a, a decent sized episode today. Uh, I'm actually, I'll start with spotlights because we don't have a DIY corner, so um, and but um, our spot, my spotlight is um, actually all of Hellboy, uh, Hellboy Volume One and Two, <laughs> and Hellboy in Hell Volumes One and Two. Um, by Mike Mignola and Dave Stewart mainly, but then there's also um, John Byrne, Richard Corbin, P. Craig Russell, Duncan Fergretto, uh, Joshua Dysart, uh, Jason Sean Alexander, Kevin Nolan, and Scott Hampton uh, have all contributed somewhat in the um, in the 14 volumes of the main Hellboy series. Um, yeah, the if you're a fan of the, of the movies, um, the movies are good. Um, I feel actually in all honesty and one of the big reasons i want to talk about this is i, I just finished reading um finishing up the four you know all 14 volumes and um movies don't work for this this um this franchise i don't think it, it doesn't do it justice i mean hellboy is at its best when it's a standalone spooky story essentially like hellboy comes into town he, he kicks some ass and then he leaves and like that's like some of the best hellboy stories out there and what better to do that than like a, a a TV series, either live action, or I'm assuming probably be better animated because of effects. But hey, if they did Sandman the way they did, maybe they'll have enough money to do a, a proper Hellboy show as well. But um, but yeah, just you know, like you know, Hellboy is called in because he works for the BPRD, and um, and he's he's there to investigate something like a vampire or a ghost or something, and he. He figures out what it is and usually it ends up ends up either shooting or punching it to get rid of it and um and then, what does uh bprd stands for i've always been uh, curious about the that. Uh, the uh, bureau of paranormal research and defense oh, okay so yeah basically the the uh fbi of ghosty stuff Yay. yeah yeah spooky uh, fbi yeah. yep spooky I fbi like spooky i like that FBI. one actually better <laughs> <laughs> I, I might just refer to it as this with your with the FBI going forward in my head, uh, but yeah, the um, so uh, the series starts with him uh, working for the bureau, and then he um, ends up kind of getting well. He finds out basically what his future may 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 be, like why he was brought to Earth, and uh, he doesn't kind of like that. And he also kind of doesn't like the way the direction of of how the BPRD is being or spooky FBI is being is being run. So he actually <laughs> ends up going solo, which actually was nice because then uh once he goes solo, Mignola starts the BPRD series. Um and so you have two like Hellboy books running concurrent or Hellboy Universe books running concurrent with each other at the same time, which was pretty awesome. 
Um, but um, I haven't read all of BPRD yet, but um, but so I just stayed on the Hellboy side. So then he ends up going to like Africa to um, and then kind of like on his own. And and then basically his past keeps on catching up with him. He ends up getting kidnapped by a mermaid for two years under the sea. You know, there's just like these crazy stories, like after even after like the BPRD investigation stuff. But there's also flashbacks as you're going through the main story you get old stories from like the 50s and 60s like one of the best ones is from when he ends up um teaming up with three um luchadores like um like spirit hunters in mexico essentially and like they go out and they fight like ghosts and monsters and vampires with each other and he ends up having to fight um a a vampire luchador in the middle of a or in a wrestling ring which if you've seen the first you've seen the latest hellboy movie they kind of reenacted that um, but once again, and this is actually like um, one of the reasons I, why I really wanted to talk about it was, so the the newest Hellboy movie. Okay, when it comes to the Hellboy movies, I, I know we've talked about it before in the past. The first the first Guillermo del Toro one is by far my favorite. The second one, you know, I can give or take. There's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. You know, um, now the newest one, the one that. Um, that came out maybe a couple years ago. Um, so I like like and or love the first third of or first two thirds of that of that um, that movie. That movie like is like encapsulates Hellboy better than most things I've seen. And like it's the most comic booky Hellboy you'll get. The last third of that movie. It's so bad. It makes the rest of the movie bad. <laughs> like I can't even like think about watching the first two thirds anymore because the third, the last third is so terrible in my personal opinion. This is just my opinion, obviously, that I can't even stand the, the, the really good stuff in the beginning and the, in the middle. But that, like, that's that's just me. But um, but what the reason why I so I read I saw the movie before I got to a certain point in reading Hellboy. Um, there is a big reveal in the movie that's like a like like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal what it is I don't want to spoil it um, even you know even if I'm not the hugest fan of the of the of the movie I I, I still say you know if you're a Hellboy fan or if you're interested see it and um, and there's a huge reveal there's a huge thing that I can spoil right now and like if you know if you know if you've seen the movie you know what I'm talking about like there's there's a big reveal in the in the, the last third of the movie. I thought it was kind of the dumbest thing when I saw it in the movie. But then when I'm reading the comic, because I was like, oh, why do they even do this? Like, well, this is so stupid. It turns out it happened in the comic. I hadn't gotten to that point in the comic either. But the way it's built in the comic, it makes complete sense. And it's awesome. <laughs> so that, that that's what led me to my theory of like, movies don't work for Hellboy. Like TV show, cartoons, serials that's what that's where it's at because then you can also build something because there's literally a part where um i'm just gonna like just reveal a little bit here like where hellboy's walking and his blood's creating uh flowers in in the ground where that gives a sense that mignola knew that he was eventually going to have what that spoiler in the movie slash book happens like he's building it and like you find out like that like whenever like the 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 cavalcades of like fairies and spirits whenever they're talking about Hellboy because it happens a lot in the book where where it goes to the world tree and there's a bunch of like fairies and like other like mystical creatures talking to each other about Hellboy. Is it dryads? 
yes, there is. Other, I think <laughs> there is dryads as well. And um, you um, and you find out like you th- the whole time you're thinking they're you're talking about his ultimate fate, fate, which is, on the, you know, not a big spoiler. He's basically like was brought to Earth to end the world. Um, and so you think that they're talking about that. But then if you reread it after you find out that big reveal about three quarters of the way into the into the series, um, you you realize that they're actually talking about something else, Uh-oh. which, which is, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's, 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 it's very interesting. Like, so it's like, Oh, wow. And Yola like totally bamboozled us. And like, <laughs> like he made us think that they were all like, Oh my God, he's going to ruin the world. And maybe we're okay with it. Maybe we're not okay with it, but no, like they were actually kind of talking about something else too, like his other destiny essentially. So I, um, yeah, I liked it. Cool. <laughs> um, if you have, I mean, obviously the artwork is great. Even when when it's not Mignola doing the art, like the art is suitable, um, like or still excellent. It, um, but and I think that mostly has to do with Dave Stewart um, as the colorist because um, you know that the whole that whole like vibe of Hellboy lies in the colors of like of the of the page that those if, if it was colored differently then it would not be as good <laughs> and that's it's kind of funny to say it that way but no really like like he like um dave stewart is 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 responsible as much as mignola in my opinion to create the you know the way the character is and the and the vibe it feels you know you feel when you read the book so i was gonna say with a book like hellboy the uh the uh art style is so iconic i'm like when they have other artists, do they ever like? Do they bring in a, a not even? I God, I don't want to say these names because it's like too big and too controversial. But like someone like a uh, like Liefeld or or Jim Lee or something that has something that's a more realistic, quote unquote, style. You know, compared to Mike Mignola's very uh, like impressionistic type. But yeah. The yeah yeah because i just feel like it would like you said it would mess up with the tone of the book if you just had you know a drastically different art style like i feel like everyone who draws that book should have to like so, ape mignola in some sort of way so the other artists in the book i think um uh emulate hellboy right or, or emulate mignola's art style when they draw because like i've seen the other artist stuff outside of hellboy and it doesn't look like it is when they do hellboy so I think for that very reason, I think they purposely try to kind of copy, not copy is a bad word. I mean, try, they try to like have the nuance of what Mignola's artwork looks like in order right. to keep the vibe of the story. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, like, I just feel like they would have to. It's such, it's oh, yeah. such an evocative art style. Yes, definitely. And, um, and, and Mignola is one of those, those artists where, you know, you see his art, you know, it's Mignola. There's like no doubt about it. Like, you know like oh that's that's a mike mignola artwork and like if you see someone else's art that looks kind of like that then you're like oh that's someone trying to look like mike mignola Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so and if anyone wants a mainstream mike mignola book that's uh big two read wolverine the jungle adventure it is awesome i have not read read that and i thought i thought you were gonna say um batman um by gaslight and like that's another fun one where that's actually was like his first like comic was, oh really? Yeah. Um, or Gotham by Gaslight, right? Yeah, yeah, Sorry. no, no, I know Gotham. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that was his first book. Um, so I own, I bought that a few years, a couple years ago, 
Mm-hmm. And like, it was like at the top of my uh, to read pile. And then, you know, a bunch of stuff fell on top of it. And I still haven't read it yet. <laughs> no, I, I definitely, yeah. And I, I'm, and I, I definitely want to get into his like DC and Marvel stuff because uh, Wolverine, the jungle adventure. It's like a, it's just like Gotham by Gaslight. It's just a prestige format, you know, oversized one shot book. And awesome. it's uh Wolverine. Uh, I don't even know if I want to give up the villain, but yeah, Wolverine yeah. in the, uh, the savage land with a mystery villain. It's a really fun, really, really pretty book. And I think, a- I want to say it's written by Walt Simonson. And Wolverine in the Savage Land, it's like some of my favorite stories, like, like uh, yeah, yeah, Wolverine stories. It, it, you you could rarely go wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, that's really cool. Well, yeah, that's me bonding over uh, Hellboy. And I know that's not a hot take to say that Hellboy is good, but you know, that, I just kind of wanted to, you know, talk about it because that's basically what I, mostly what I read. My pull list, essentially, last week, uh, where like usually I get my my choices to talk about, are all books I've talked about or that or that you've talked about, Richard. So I'm like, oh, oh well, I mean, we all know they're good. So like, I'm like, and I read like seven volumes of Hellboy over the weekend. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna talk about talk it. about it. Yeah, exactly. So all right, um, that was my spotlight, and I guess we'll go ahead and go to uh, Richard. I, I don't know why I say guess. I mean, yeah, we're Richard, if you don't mind. It, yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this week I checked out Briar number one by uh, mm-hmm. Christopher Cantwell, uh, Germain Garcia, and Matthias Lopez. Matthias. So uh, Briar opens up with our main character, Briar Rose, narrating mm-hmm. her own book. But the reason why she's narrating her own book is because she lets you know that she has like a very like affluent erudite narrator who was, you know, horribly murdered. So now she's forced to narrate her own book. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, uh, this is a uh, she is Sleeping Beauty. This is in a uh, Sleeping Beauty pastiche and she's doing all the Sleeping Beauty stuff. And then she pricks her finger and she falls asleep. So then finally a uh, gallant young prince comes, you know, to, 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 who wins, you know, wins on the battlefield. He's there to save the day. And, you know, he goes to kiss her, but he kisses her on her head. And basically, you know, he, he and the king decide that like, hey man, you know, what's a, what's doper than having a queen, having a queen that can't talk back. So Ooh. basically he doesn't kiss her on the lips, doesn't break the spell. He and the king, but he does marry her. So he and like the prince and what he has the prince away and the king like go on a like a war spree and like try to ransack the other like kingdoms around them. Mm-hmm. And they ultimately lose the uh the kingdom is in disrepair. No one ever goes back to check on Briar. And then now we're about a hundred years into the future. Someone's like, you know, doing some uh urban exploring in this uh rant, you know, ransack beat up castle. And the person's completely cloaked, so we can't see who they are. But they do find Briar's uh, corpse and do happen to kiss it on the lips. So Briar Rose comes back alive 100 years in the future, scared and disoriented, but also kind of zombified. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. like <laughs> throwing up bile, oh. you know, like uh, flies are around her. She smells of death. 
So she's kind of a zombie. <laughs> so she's, you know, going through what used to be her kingdom where she was a pampered princess and doesn't really know how to take care of herself. And she's just trying to find help. Everything's dead and decayed. No help to be found. She does find a corpse with a sword, at which point she's attacked by giant rats. But when I say giant, they're more like bear-sized rats. Like, you know, they tower over her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a bit of desperation, she picks up the sword and fights back against the giant rats and uh, slays them. So at which point she's able to, you know, she trudges her, she, she doesn't want to go back to sleep. So she refuses to sleep because she just slept for a hundred years. And just the idea of sleep terrifies her more than the idea of death. Oh, wow. So she stays up constantly. Finally, she travels somewhere where she finds like a little, you know, a little pub and she has no money or anything she's covered in blood she has her sword with her so she you know begs and she's able to get some water then some uh you know other travelers come in and they're like look at you you'd make a great slave and they basically prepare to abduct her and then a uh a, a woman uh stands up who's blue and she's uh norish that's the race she belongs to mm-hmm. and they're uh they're ice bloods they they live in the north and they you know thrive in the cold and she goes to try to defend Briar just because, you know, on the simple principle of, you know, you shouldn't have slaves. But somebody cold clacks, cocks her from behind and they are now both caged as slaves. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, you know, Briar's like, why the hell did you help me? Now you find yourself in a bad situation. She's just like, hey, she's just like, I saw you. There's no way you'd, you'd survive slave labor. And it was just the right thing to do. So I did it um basically she tells Briar to get some rest because like you know as long as we're in the cage like no nothing can hurt us and you're gonna need some rest like when we get into the real world so you should sleep and you know Briar doesn't want to sleep but she finally does and of course she has horrible nightmares um (laughs) the slavers that are transporting them they're going through the desert and since uh uh the young lady she's she's an ice blood like you know the desert heat is literally killing her like, it's not just mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And uh, she goes by Spider, by the way, the ice blood. And so, basically, they're fucked. They, they are, um, she, you know, Spider's going to die in the desert. <laughs> Briar's going to be sold into slavery. And it just happens that a caravan of uh, murderous cannibals come by, and they murder all the slavers and take back their corpses. But they don't even uh, uncage uh, the two of them, Spider and Briar. They just leave them behind. Mm. Um, Briar, or Spider is able to get out of, out of her cage, and she basically breaks them out. But she's, like, dying of heat stroke. She tells uh, Briar to leave her behind, but Briar drags her through the desert, like, by her foot. And finally, she finds someone, uh, you know, like, just some indigenous person out in the desert. But this person, for whatever reason like has some understanding of what Briar like he's like hey you're the the princess who slept like he understands who she is um and basically it looks like and he's like you know like because of what your family did like this is why everything's bad this is why things are so he goes and grabs a dagger and he's like like I have to end it you have to end it and they think that she's he's gonna kill Briar but he slits his own throat oh Hmm. shit and, you know, the two ladies are not sure why. And Spider's like, hey, man, good break. Grab everything that's useful. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. 
because so, she's like, we got to travel at night because it's cold enough and it's safer at night than it is during the daytime. And that's the end of the issue one. This book looks great. Really, really good art. Really, really good concept. I really like it. Um, the one thing, I don't know if it's just an artistic thing or it's uh, in context of the story. Since from when Briar wakes up as the issue goes on, her body looks less and less decayed. So I don't know if she's going to go back. Like as she, you know, gets nourishment and sustenance or whatever, she'll go back to a normal human form. But like when she first wakes up, she's a total like corpse zombie. And she doesn't look fully human, but she's looking progressively more like her human self as the issue goes on. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah, this is on my my list of things uh, to pick up this week. And I'm glad that you're talking about it because it looks really good. I'm, I'm looking at the previews that have been released and yeah the art looks awesome the coloring looks great you want to talk about coloring creating a vibe yeah this- yeah yeah the color <laughs> does have a nice vibe and tone to it mm-hmm. but yeah no just a really fun really cool book like i didn't know literally i picked it up just off the strength of uh christopher campwell's name i was just yep. like i enjoyed that doom book let me give this a shot and i really really liked it have you read she could fly by any chance i have not it's 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 actually um, drawn by the Martin Morazzo, the guy who draws uh, Ice Cream Man, who we're talking about later. Oh, nice! Um, and in that that's that was uh, the book that introduced me to Cantwell in comics, and that's a fantastic series that probably I will choose in the near future. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. No, I'm I, I too am a huge like basically Cantwell is one of those. those writers if i see their name i'm the same way I'm, I'm gonna pick up the book and then you know figure out whether or not it's for me or not later after reading it <laughs> so very cool yeah it looks amazing and, yeah no, def- i um, definitely enjoyed it they, they had the variant covers on here for number one and it's like yannick paquette um jenny frazan um mirka and dolfo i mean like there's like it's like a murderer's row of like mm. of like awesome artists that, that did the, the the backup covers so yeah, this is really cool. <laughs> Very cool. So thank you. Very cool. Talking about it. So all right. Well, I guess that means that we'll move on to our main topic, which is Ice Cream Man Volume One by uh, Rainbow Sprinkles by W. Maxwell Prince, uh, Martin Morazzo, Chris O'Halloran, Good Old Neon, and Shanna Matsuzak. Um, this was Richard's choice. I guess technically, I, I actually. Um, added um, two issues to this too, so we're we're doing volume one plus. Uh, well, we're doing volume one, and then we could discuss some more. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, Richard, since this was your choice, um, uh, why don't you kind of give us the the lowdown of the story? Um, this story is about an ice cream man who's just nice. Because his name is Rick, and no Ricks have ever done anything wrong, <laughs> and that's that's it. The end. <laughs> wow, it was really good, you guys. I'm so glad we chose such a light yeah. book. All right, that's been the conversation for better podcast. <laughs> so no, yeah, um, we opened this book with a uh, uh, what seemingly is a mild mannered ice cream man, and his name is Rick, or at least that's one of the names he goes by. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just handed out ice cream. And young chubby boy, he asks for two chocolate scoops. He takes his chocolate scoops home. But um, we get weird narration about spiders the whole way home. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the young boy gets home. And as he's getting ready to enter his house, he decides to put a, uh, a, uh, a 
Clothespin? A clothespin. There we go. <laughs> God. The, the, the word was sitting on the tip of my tongue. Okay. Clothespin over his nose. And when we walk in, we see that, or, that his parents are completely decayed corpses. And he has a giant, highly venomous spider with him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we do get a, uh, a look at the uh, police precinct. Somebody's trying to put in a uh, report and saying that her cat got eaten by essentially a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> and she brings her cat's corpse that's completely skinned. It's literally just the skeleton to the police. And the police are like, Christ. But we do meet one of the uh, police officers uh, that goes by 5V. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, because her, and it's because her name is Jialao, but since her, her, or it's called Jalio, Jalio. There we go. <laughs> they do give a pronunciation, but Jalio. But because of the way it's spelled in Chinese, it has all the uh, vowel, all five vowels in her name. So basically, she gets the nickname Five Feet. And you know, she's just like, it, you know, it's the police think, ah, these people are crazy, and they get to it, and then her and her partner get sent to the house to investigate these missing uh, persons, uh, the young boy's parents that we've seen are already corpses because they haven't shown up to work in weeks. Um, we see the young boy, he goes out into the forest and he runs into the ice cream man who's completely disheveled, mm-hmm. but you know, magics him an ice cream cone. Once the cops get to his place, the ice cream man is now on the TV and we could see that there's something not well with the ice cream man. And the uh, spider comes up and it bites a uh, five V uh, five's partner who is immediately, immediately dead. <laughs> yeah. So then the boy freaks out and he runs out into the forest with the spider, at which point the uh, werewolf creature that the uh, woman was complaining about her cat picks up the boy and looks like he's going to eat him. But then he sees the police officer and just throws the boy at her. And, you know, looks like this is it for our our friends, at which point the uh, werewolf is bitten by the uh, spider which throws away, but it seems to get sick and it doesn't die right there on scene, but it, you know, does do a hasty retreat. Mm-hmm. However, it did seem that the uh, the werewolf creature may have been our ice cream man because yep. mm-hmm. its tattered clothes were that of the ice cream man's, you know, uniform. Yeah. And the issue ends with the spider crawling back to the ice cream man and the ice cream man using his magic to, you know, turn the uh, spider into an ice cream clone, co- cone and just looking very demonic. Mm-hmm. So, yes, what we yeah. seem to have here is like a supernatural situation where uh, the ice cream man is a uh, Twilight Zone character who seems to be menacing this town. <laughs> and this book, which doesn't seem to have an overarching story, just seems to have vignettes. This next issue, we're meeting two uh, two junkies, and we're actually going through their life. One uh-huh. of them, the uh, the, the uh, husband Jim Jimbo, he's strung out on heroin, mm. and and like he's an, or no, excuse me, he's in withdrawal from not having heroin. And mm-hmm. his wife, she's like, I'm gonna score some more, and like, I don't worry, Jim, I would not fail you. I love you too much. And essentially through this, we're getting flashbacks of their whole lives, how they met, how they got, became addicts, how they would rob and steal to, you know, keep up with their addiction. Mm-hmm. And basically she goes out, 
And she's like, she takes a gun and she's, I'm going to rob somebody. I'm going to go get what we need to make you well. Mm-hmm. The uh, So then we, we flash to another couple, an older couple where the uh, gentleman has uh, back problems and basically, are, I can't tell if they're, I think they're married or at least they have some sort of domestic partnership, but he's being an asshole to his uh, partner. Uh-huh. And basically she's like, hey, just eat your soup. It's going to get cold. He, he keeps bitching about his back and then he complains about the soup being cold. So finally, <laughs> this we, we, we flash back to our, our junkie. She's trying to break into some cars and she breaks into our ice cream truck. Mm-hmm. She takes the ice cream truck and she crashes it into this elderly couple's car as they're about to go to uh, take the, uh, the gentleman to the hospital. At which point she's... She, Basically, she kills the uh, gentleman, the, uh, the 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 wife or the partner. She's out there trying to help, and our junkie, like she's strung out, so she's just like, "Give me your money!" And she's like, "What are you talking about, money? Like you just killed my husband. I don't mm-hmm. have anything." And then she's like, "You know what? Fuck you." <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of gangster in this old woman because she's like, yeah, fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. You're, you're, you're just a murdering scumbag junkie and go fuck yourself. At which point, like, the young lady just loses it and she's, you know, her name's Karen and she shoots the woman in the face. When yeah. she returns home, she's like, Jim, we got to get the fuck out of here. I like murdered a guy, but the ice cream man's sitting in her living room. And basically he's like, hey, I got the purest of pure heroin right here for you, but I only got one hit. And like, you know, you could use it to save Jim or you can use it for you, whatever you need. And we find out that she uh, gave it to herself. You know, the cops get there. 5B is one of the cops that are best. Get. I guess. Oh, yeah. 5B is also a character that refers uh, Brian from what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. OK. And they are able to give uh, the, uh, the the husband something to stop his withdrawal. But the uh, the heroin that that uh, Karen took, it was too pure. And she actually OD'd when she took it. And then we see uh, we see uh, Jimbo try to get his life together. He goes to like a you know a, a addiction program, and basically he has this one week sober chip. But we see him throw it in the water, so God only knows what's going to happen to him after this. Mm-hmm. So. In our third vignette, mm-hmm. we we get a, a a a Buddy Holly type who is actually a one hit wonder, and with a song called rock all the time <laughs> yeah oh yeah it is, it, like it's actually like the lyrics are it's an actually competent you know fake 50s rock song i really enjoy uh, anytime someone has a fake song in their movie their comic whatever whatever i'm mm-hmm. like oh no this actually works as a real if it was a real song i always appreciate it mm-hmm. but now we're we're flashing into the future where he is just an older man and basically he never got over the fact that he was never able to reclaim that past glory, that he is, a, in fact, the one hit wonder. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, made him super depressed and, you know, just kind of stuck, you know, with nowhere to go in life. So the ice cream man happens to come in and he tries to cheer him up by giving him a, a good old scoop of old fashioned vanilla. At which point, <laughs> I don't know what's in these ice cream codes, but he... <laughs> He starts hearing music and he follows the sound of the music to his basement, at which point a uh, <laughs> basically he is recruited into the revolution mm-hmm. as the hit maker by uh, a bunch of uh, 
what would you call these? Music, They're, fictional yeah. music yeah. icons. Yeah. <laughs> characters from songs, essentially, yeah. Yeah, characters from songs. Like, he gets recruited by Major Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they you know they're they're fighting off uh i guess aliens i it's i guess like, ice cream well, ice cream flavors yeah i think they're like like melted ice cream like ghosts essentially yes they're like ice cream ghosts they're in the uh essentially a flying yellow submarine mm-hmm. and you know eleanor rigby's there captain jack is there ziggy stardison's there Major Tom, Rocky Raccoon, mm-hmm. and they give him a uh, a guitar or something more called the Hendrix Strat- Stratoblaster, and they're like, "You're the hit maker. You will make the song that uh you know basically saves the world. That will end you know end all this chaos and save the world." And what they're assaulting is basically a uh, a giant like Sphinx mausoleum of. Mr. Softy of an ice cream man it's with an ice cream like Mr. Softy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only as Mr. Softy. So basically, the whole time, Major Tom and his ac- you know, and his affiliates, they're fighting off these uh, ghost ice cream cones. But you know, this guy still has writer's block. He 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 can't make the song. And basically, Major Tom is like, he he takes off his helmet, and it's like the actual ice cream man. And he's just like, you're overthinking it. Just give them what they want, that old time rock and roll. And basically, he just plays rock all the time. <laughs> and then he wakes up, passed out on in the diner where he first got the ice cream cone, thinking that he saved the world. But like, he's just depressed and delusional. But then as we pan out in the city, we see the flying yellow submarine. So how delusional is he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in our final vignette here, we open up with a gentleman who is having to name Joel, who is having to go eulogize someone that used to be his best friend, but who with whom he's lost touch over the years. And, you know, he's telling his pregnant wife about the scenario and how, like, he was asked to do the eulogy. But, you know, he doesn't feel comfortable because the relationship is strained. And, you know, his wife gives him a good pep talk. She's like, you knew him. He was your friend. And you like, you know how to say nice things about people. You got this. And one of the only thing that he's uh, kind of uh, unsure of is that his friend's father is going to be there. And obviously there's some tension with the father. And we do not know why yet. But once we get to the funeral, Joel gives a nice, respectable eulogy. And the father walks up and he thanks him so much because uh, Mr. Carson, his friend, uh, Chris's father, had actually abandoned him. He had walked out on the family. Mm-hmm. And basically just abandoned them and he was just like thank you so much for eulogizing my son like it wouldn't have been my place since i abandoned him also i couldn't find the words to do it right and like you know you really did a good thing Mm -hmm. and they go out to a bar the tie went off and what joel asked uh mr carson is like why did you leave because he's like i have a kid on the way and like i kind of feel compelled to leave i kind of want to run and basically you know Mr. Carl Carson gets into it and he's like, yeah, no, like it was like a hippie sex commune. And I thought it was fun. Like I, he's just like, I, I viewed my family and my son as a burden, but like, it was all that other stuff that was the burden. I, you know, I, I, I made the wrong decision basically what is what it boils down to. And he's just like, after a while of having like fun and freaky hippie sex, like he noticed how empty it was. But at that point, like, you know, he was too ashamed that he couldn't just go back to his family. So he just kind of 
stayed away and depressed. And he is very emotional. He's just like, I wish I could have said, go, you know, like hug my son one last time. Like I was even there for him when he died. And then basically Joel's like, well, we could do something crazy, but you know, you could have your moment with your son. And we see that we pan to see Chris. I don't know if he's in hell or where he is, but he's somewhere getting tortured. He's getting mm-hmm. crawled on by bugs. He's being, he's being what it looks like tickled with by large feathers, by skeletons and ice cream man hats. He's being operated on by dogs, which is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I like that part. Yeah, he has a trumpet's being blasted into his ear. She's being force fed through his mouth, through mm-hmm. IVs and an IV through his stomach and just being chained. And he's like, am I in hell? And no, he's like, you're in a sweet place. You're in a sweet place. Then he's made to relive different versions of his father abandoning his family. Yeah, that was fucked up. Which yeah. is dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the but- real world, Joel's great idea is like, hey, they haven't buried your son yet. So let's go exhume his body and you can hold him. Yeah. And that's what they do. And Mr. Carson has his moment and he's very depressed. And then we get a scene of the ice cream man giving ice cream to a cute little redhead girl. And we get a bunch of the cryptic dialogue in the background. Then we get a gentleman in a black hat, a cowboy. He's like, almighty, you're still doing this. He's just like, you shouldn't be doing this at all. And his name is Caleb. And we do not know what he is. But he and the ice cream man knows each other, know each other, and the ice cream man looks simultaneously furious and also a little bit bit afraid of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that ends volume one. Yes. So this book is a series of vignettes where, like, there is a uh, connecting story in the background. We see the ice cream man in the more than one issue. We see Five V in more than one issue, and now this new character Caleb. But mm-hmm. basically, it's like you know. I don't know. It's little Twilight Zone vignettes. It's really, really fun. It's, it's, it's a horror. It's intelligent. creepy. It's like it's definitely horror, but then the colors are so vibrant and upbeat that it's not scary. If that makes sense, or at mm-hmm. least to me, it wasn't. But yeah. it's really, really good stuff. You know, like horror comics. You know, mm-hmm. with, the, with the little vignettes and the and like the anthology style of, of story, but at, and then and basically the ice cream man. Even though he's like basically the crypt keeper, but he has yeah. a little more active. You know, he's almost like Mister Misplicic, like from Superman, where <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like he's just there just to fuck with people and like and like and has like unlimited power to do so. Um, yeah, you'll get characters from the previous stories in the background. But more or less, each story is a standalone story, and mm. you do, you do get more of the cowboy and and the ice cream man, and find out you get the you basically get kind of a backstory of the ice cream man, and then you have a face off between the ice cream man and the cowboy, and Ooh. then um, after that, um, the uh, I, I'm not you get into much, but let's just say the ice cream man uh, is able to basically run freely after that. So um, the, the imagery of like the ice cream cones and everything kind of disappears in the, in the story oh, as, as we go along further, like it becomes less about like ice cream and all that stuff. And like the ice cream man still shows up in like the, the stories as like basically the main antagonist, but like, like, yeah, like it's, it, it's, it's kind of funny how um, everything kind of fades away. And I didn't realize that until I came back to read the first issues. I'm like, oh, wow, there was a lot of ice cream imagery in the first, like, like first four stories. It's like uh, when we were talking uh, about um, uh, Frick, Frick, uh, Love and Rockets. Yeah. 
Exactly. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, none of this stuff that's in volume one is ever <laughs> yeah. broached upon again. It's crazy. And uh, I'll stop talking because I know, Carrie, you have a few things to um, talk about. I love, I loved it. Um, oh, good. I, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to just because I know. when I selected it, I was afraid just because I was just like, oh, this is kind of dark. And we've had a lot of yeah. stuff lately. Yeah, but I hadn't read it yet either at that point. I just knew it as a concept. But I was just like, oh, this is a lot more vibrant than I would have assumed it. But I really thought about you. I was like, I hope oh. this is the upset Carrie. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I was um because Brian's read it before. And um I've always been intrigued by it. But I'm. I get very, like I've said before, I get very sensitive um, to like graphic or visually. Like I could, you know, like it's just once it's a picture, I can't unsee it. So I was really, um, I had a lot of hesitation going into the book with that. Not that Brian said that there was those types of like images, but I was just concerned that like something would stick with me. And so um, Mm -hmm. I read it today and I read it really quickly because I was just kind of like engrossed in the story and I, I love the vignette um, portion of it. I thought it's really good for someone like me who I the, the no offense to like love and rockets or anything. It's just like when it's a long drawn out story, I tend to start to glaze over because I'm like, oh, this is a lot of reading. So something kind of snappy and quick was really perfect. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um the artistry is phenomenal. Like it's just, it's really good. The colors are great. Um, I wasn't, I was really happy because I didn't get too emotionally attached to anybody because they're in your life for so little, which is really nice. Yeah, and true. So it, I didn't, it, it, it doesn't have that emotional pull that some of the other books we've read had, have had. And um, it's just enough like there's things about it that I've been thinking about all day because like it does stick with you but as mm-hmm. far as far as being like super upsetting or too icky because I think I know that's kind of a silly way to describe it but like when things get too weird for me I feel gross and it's just like it's a fun gross it's like cool we're we're, yeah. we're in fall now like mm-hmm. I'm excited like this is, <laughs> this is a really good way to like get ready for like October yes. I'm like oh okay it's, this it's is fun season and so. like I thought that um, the, I think the storyline that really bothered me the most was the heroin one Mm -hmm. because, you know, with drug addicts in my family um, and then with the old couple being like, you know, kind of like those really, um, you know, just like the, the super like stereotypical, like innocent people that end up dying for like, you know, this really trap. And I'm, I'm, and my stance on substance abuse is like, I think it's a disease and I think people need help. You know, like I'm not, I'm never going to like fully like, like pin a lot of blame on somebody who's addicted to heroin. Like I, I think mm. it's a disease and I, I, and they need, yep. they're as troubled as, as everyone else, you know, but like when you see the depths of their addiction and you see what, and you see that progression into it and it's just, it's, that to me was the most heartbreaking because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is it, it was fair... super heartbreaking because yeah. how you're getting those flashbacks of like their young yeah. loving relationship from when they oh, first yeah. met and everything. And like you could see, like again, we spent a short time with those characters, mm-hmm. but like you really get like a, a feel for that whole oh, relationship. Yeah. 
And then just to see it spiral out, out of control the way it did, it, it is heart-wrenching. And then when um, the ice cream man is just like, oh, this is the fucking like purest of pure shit, but I only have an- enough for one of you. So who's it going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And she ends up dying. And you're like, oh, fuck, she took the hit. Like mm-hmm. she took the heroin. And, you know, and, and I and I was like, I texted Brian. I'm like, what a selfish twat. But like she totally <laughs> like saved her her spouse by doing so, you know. But also and she's it, totally addicted. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, no, it's just it's. It, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like at the end of every um, chapter, there's these really like beautiful little it almost looks like wallpaper mm-hmm. these really mm-hmm. cute little drawings and on the back of that one it was just like tourniquets syringes and yeah. pills mm-hmm. and it's just it's a very cute picture but you look at that print and it's like oh fuck it's e- gross every it's gross. every issue has yeah. a pattern like that yeah um go, even going forward after this series it's there's a specific person what um who makes those for that oh cool that yeah and like it's really it's amazing like that even that just by itself is amazing yeah it's just, it, it this was such a good pick so thank you yeah the thing one thing um so you know i knew about it by reputation it's been super popular for a while <laughs> but like you said it's such a snappy quick read like i feel like a lot of times, too, when it's like a horror type book, it's overwrought with dialogue to try to mm-hmm. build the ambiance. And mm-hmm. this uh, this book doesn't really do that. So not mm-hmm. only is it really good, but like I burned through it in like like I sat down. I was like, well, let me read the first issue. And then like I was done with issue three in a, in a matter yeah. of minutes. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. damn, that yeah. happened very quickly. Um, the art is in it is really, really good. But another thing that I, I feel like we don't even talk about that much here is the layouts of the panels mm-hmm. like do so much of the storytelling in this yes. book in different issues like so much of it like of the art style that helps like tell the story and like you know helps compensate for the lack of uh you know overall dialogue is how mm-hmm. the panels are placed yeah and i really appreciate that you know absolutely and that's that's one thing and that's a good segue to to something else to discuss about the series is that um there's so much intricacy of of how things are lined up um, and you and like at first you you kind of don't notice, but then like yeah, you, when you were reading it, it's like wow, like these are all this everything's like perfectly placed on this page, and I I love and I've mentioned this many times in in the past. I love when comics like use the medium of comics to tell a mm-hmm. story, and that the the panel layout is definitely a big part of it. Um, you kind of get the in the um the first um. In the first issue, um, with the way um, the way the um, I'm trying to remember exactly, what I was just thinking about it earlier. But yeah, the um, kind of the way like the 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 spider is being you know discussed before you get to the house, and like mm-hmm. you know like something's gonna you know um, it, you know there's, there's something up and it probably has to do with a spider before you get there. Um, the um, you know s- stuff like that you know like. Um, you know, are things that you really can't do outside of comics, you know, in a, in a good way. Right. Um, like, it, 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 the medium allows for a certain type of staging that doesn't, you you can't get in any other medium. Exactly. Yeah. And um, now, um, we, and I feel like one thing that, that uh, they do really well, like both um, Martin Morazzo and, and W. Maxwell Prince, is when is when they write a story since they're like one shots 
they can basically every issue can be different and when they start messing with everything um which is why i wanted you guys to read issue number six of um of this story besides besides the uh, first volume is because Mm -hmm. um that's in my opinion is the first one that like the 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 whole issue is like a mind fuck and like and it's something that can only be done in in comics because it's the strange neapolitan is name is the story and essentially the um the the person is getting ice cream from the ice cream man can't make a decision so he he chooses you know vanilla chocolate and strawberry and so i guess the way his life was going to result um in is it all depends on what type of uh of um of ice cream he had chosen and since he chose all three he we get all three of his lives and yes and in in the top half of the of the page is 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 um strawberry um and everything's kind of a pink color the middle of the page is vanilla with the kind of yellow color and chocolate is on the bottom with kind of a brown color and you get basically from there you get his life you know and two of those stories are super fucked up (laughs) yeah and and like well one one is is tragic um and the the um the top story is very tragic the strawberry story the chocolate story is screwy like as hell let's just say that a a bird gives cracks out of the guy's chest like it was a um like he was an egg (laughs) in part of the story and Mm -hmm. then in the vanilla part is the 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 fun story where he meets he finds a stray dog and he ends up um keeping the dog and they grow together yes. and so so like That's my favorite one so so yeah and then which is also really funny because like he finds out a dog was lost and he technically steals the dog so it's the only story where he does something wrong but yet in that that's the only one where his life ends up good at the end of the story hey um, in the first story he gets laid i think yeah. in the other two stories he dies a virgin so that's true that's true um, but, <laughs> but yeah but so but so like but the way it's laid out you know you got the top half middle half and and the bottom uh or, or top third middle and bottom and you um and that would not work in tv that would not work anywhere else like it has to be on a page it has to be seen and so that's that that's what makes it so amazing is that you know you're telling a story that can only be told in comics yeah yeah i think that i guess i was just really impressed with the storytelling both visually and like with the dialogue Mm -hmm. um and i did i went in with a pretty low expectation i expected to not read it to be honest i expected to kind of like stop after a couple of pages I thought it was going to be gross or whatever, but it was so intriguing and captivating. And even though like the ice cream man is the, like the perennial boogeyman, he's very, he's very scary, but he's very unassuming in his ice cream man look that you're like, Oh, I grew up. Like I've seen this guy around. Like this is a guy that's yeah. like a, a guy in every city. Like this is just a normie guy. Mm-hmm. And then like, he's so sinister. And I just, I just really like that. I do have a question though. Um, Okay. So maybe we find out later, but do we know what the ice cream does or does he like, because in the first two chapters and the first two like issues or whatever, Mm -hmm. after every time someone is done eating an ice cream, they look into the cone. Yes. 
And so is there something in the cone? Are they surprised they have the cone and like they forgot it, they were eating? Like what's that? I think what Well no, I Oh, oh go ahead, Brad. No, 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 no go ahead, Brad. You read oh, more. Uh, well, well, the vibe I get is that so so like basically he's a fairy or a demon and the ice cream man and like and essentially in the beginning um he gets his power from like whatever energy is created from all the the mind fuckery that he's causing and so i think in the beginning he has to use the ice cream essentially to um to to transport like his power onto people but then as it goes along like i said that you don't really get as much ice cream anymore because he gets more powerful and so mm-hmm. I think I think basically the ice cream cones in the beginning of the story of the of like the the series is are his spells, essentially, and and oh. then and then as he gets more powerful, he doesn't need the he doesn't need the conveyance of ice cream anymore. He can just basically zap somebody. <laughs> okay, so like in the first book, mm-hmm. Co- Conrad is that the little boy's name? Yes. Okay. I think so yeah, Conrad's parents. They dead. Mm-hmm. When did they die? Did they die because of him eating the ice cream, or were they already dead? No, um, no, the spider bit them. Yeah, the neurotoxin. They, they, so, okay, they had been so, gone for like two weeks. Okay, so we're just happening upon this crazy scene happenstance. Yes, it has yeah. nothing to do with the ice cream man. However, it is implied. No, that no, the, the ice cream man gave him the bug. The bug yeah, was in the ice cream. In the in the yeah, it, it was uh, it was implied that yeah that that. So yeah, that's ago. what I was gonna say because so many oh. times it's bugs, but I, I don't know if it's always bugs or like Brian was saying was his magic spell. But the delivery system for whatever he, he's doing is the ice cream, yeah. whether it's a oh. it's a bug or it's a magic spell. But the the ice cream's a delivery system. If you don't get ice cream from him, I guess he can't menace you. Is essentially what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I guess if Brian okay. is right, as his powers grow, he does need to use the ice cream as a yeah. delivery system. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I was very confused about that. Thank you. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, you guys also both read issue five too, right? Yes. Was, issue five is also fucked. Like, oh, yeah, that's fucked up. That, with the guy falling from. <laughs> with the, the guy falling and then what's going on in the building at the same time. Like, that, just back and forth. Like, I was just like, this is yeah. a lot. You know? Like, what's, what's worse? Like, is he like the more serene moment is the guy falling to his death? From the top of the building, while all shit is breaking loose inside the yeah inside building. And then when you get to the end of that issue, I thought, oh well, maybe you know there's going to be a swerve at the end, and he's not street pizza. And no, 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 total street pizza. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they do a good job, you know, showing it without showing it. You know, like they, yeah, no, no. Not... This, uh, so thus far, I mean, I can't yeah. say that this book doesn't do anything that gruesome because, like, nah, like. The vulture pulls that woman's eye out, but I yeah. don't know. It's just it's presented in a way that's palatable. Even their gruesome stuff is presented in a way that, like, it it's not it's not grossed out. Like, it's like it's graphic enough for you to get completely what it is, and it's not censored, but it also doesn't gross you out. If that makes sense, yeah, no, totally. Um, and that's kind of the the vibe you get throughout the entire series as well. And um, it, but like the. Um, uh, yeah, just just the the weird visuals, but also at the same time, I think everything's written so well that like that like the characters in, in the one shots, you learn who they are really well, 
and you you learn like and they're all flawed <laughs> like and you mm-hmm. learn you learn mm-hmm. what's wrong with them you learn you learn what kind of what makes them tick and it's just like you know like 22 pages and you meet these characters for the first time and only time essentially um and yet you 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 become so familiar with them that you do you know you do care about what happens to them yeah so, yeah absolutely like the uh the woman uh veronica that's like you know running through the building when yeah. she meets her her gay co-worker who professes that he loves her mm-hmm. and then presents to her his decapitated husband's head <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah it's a yeah. lot yeah also in that fifth issue she does get uh saved by our, our friend caleb the uh, cowboy in black yes yes he starts so he starts he... saving the day a little bit yeah until until something happens actually at the end of volume two is when what you find out the fate of uh the cowboy so oh okay so yeah so there's yeah if you guys want to read two more issues of uh of, of of the volume two then yeah you'll find out kind of what happens but then you get a flashback and you get why the cowboy is after ice cream in after that i think that's in the third volume so mm-hmm. oh well I'll definitely finish volume two tonight yeah was veronica the lady the guy bangs in volume six or chapter six might be it looks like no 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 oh oh they're both redheads maybe yeah Yeah. i was wondering that because in in strange strange neapolitan um the in the vignettes the the background characters are from previous stories that's why the vanilla was the best one because in the vanilla story um our dude keeps the dog and is super chill but also um the uh the one hit wonder guy you see him playing a guitar in mm-hmm. the park bench and you see the um the couple that was going to have the baby where the guy was like i want to leave my family too they're playing with their baby in the park yes. oh i didn't even notice that so yeah. it's like the most pleasant uh, of all the situations that happen in the yeah issues. our junkie friend is mm. looks is on a bench looking bewildered and that takes place right after he throws his one week sober coin Mm-hmm. in the pond yes it's the, yeah it's the same pond mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah oh and uh caleb is in uh yeah. one of them too he's mm-hmm. in the cho- he's in the chocolate one yeah, yeah he's in the chocolate one the most fucked up one yeah yeah he's 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 there um so yeah it's um oh puppy <laughs> yeah <laughs> brian has it up and i'm, I'm looking over his shoulder yeah, yeah. Like, for the so yeah over, overall um, i'm glad you guys really liked it because like i'm always like when something hits me like this and i'm like oh like like maybe it was just me you know like uh, i'm glad that you guys like like this a lot no no i also like when something like that's as popular as ice cream man where i'm like because everyone tells you it's really good and i'm like i'm always i always appreciate something like lives up to the hype where it's just like oh no 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 yeah this isn't just hype people are right this is really really excellent and it's something completely different too which is true yeah there's really not. I mean, there. Yeah, it's a horror anthology, and like, yeah, horror anthologies have been done for decades. But this is this is not just a horror anthology. This is like a psychological trauma <laughs> anthology yeah. as well. You know, like, but it, it's so good. You know, so yeah, I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah, thank you for choosing it, Richard. Yeah, thank this you very good. much. I'm always my happy. Pleasure. To, and I wouldn't have revisited the first issues, and I kind of had my revelation either if I if it wasn't for you recommending it. So so yeah, thank you very much. It's it's been a little bit of time since um, my pleasure. I did a good thing. Yeah, um, basically, even when this book became on my radar, like I I wasn't aware of it till 2020. It had already been running for about two years, so it was a pretty far in. Mm -hmm. 
definitely. Um, there's an um, there's an issue. One of my favorite issues, and it actually came out fairly recently, maybe like in the last year, uh, where um, it's one of those those uh, books where the the story goes. You know, the, the story obviously is through the entire entire book, but if you read it from the front or from the from the back, like it's the same story. Mm. Oh, like every, every, cool. it's like a palindrome yeah everything is a palindrome oh, everything's fuck. a mirror image of each other and so oh. that's a that's a super good book yeah uh, like super good story as well because because like yeah like like i said like i love it when they use the medium and um there's one story that takes place in mexico and everything's in spanish yeah there's like there's a bunch of like fun and like the thing is, is like it might seem like a gimmick like oh yeah, like you know, like the Neapolitan thing or like the 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 front words and backwards thing might seem like gimmicks, but they're done so well they're not gimmicky. Yeah, like they're 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 done like in a good a way where it doesn't feel like you just read something like they're like they're like you know they weren't just like let's make a book like this and like nothing. There's no substance. There's definitely substance to this. So cool. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. Well, I'm glad uh you guys have any last thoughts or do you want to move on no, ice cream man it's really good yeah read it yeah definitely um you might not want ice cream after yeah i told brian i'm off of ice cream now <laughs> yeah you know what no no those ice cream cones are drawn very deliciously i was like okay <laughs> well the chocolate one in the chocolate scoop with the bugs in it is the one that kind of bothered me the most in the in the strange balls in You've never had eaten bugs before, Brian? Stop being no. such a prude. I know. I, I got to get over myself. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, I had a um, grasshopper taco once. Um, ooh. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. I get yeah. it. It did like it didn't have a taste or was gross, but it's a it's a texture thing. It's super crunchy. And when like little legs are poking the roof of your mouth, it's. You know, it's not the most appealing thing in the world. Oh, God. I agree. But I'm glad that it wasn't disgusting, though. I'm glad that you're Yeah, yeah. Like, it definitely wasn't like, oh, my God. Like, I finished the whole thing. It's just, it, it's all texture. It's, mm. You know, it's just like, oh, can you, like, get used to biting through these carpuses? And you'll be fine. But, yeah, just, you know, it was well-seasoned. <laughs> it really didn't have, like, a gross flavor or anything. It's just, it was a lot of grasshoppers. <laughs> yeah. Plus. That's gross. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> so I guess we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and move on into our last portion of our episode and our season. Like at, at the end of every ten episodes, I think we like to go back and uh, basically talk about the last ten um, the last ten uh, episodes. Uh, what was your favorite book that we covered as our main topic? Um, Carrie, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, you guys are going to laugh at me stray dogs oh okay. really yeah whoa um i was thinking <laughs> that's a huge this. upset <laughs> yeah um this is why because i knew this question was going to come up so i was like prepared i was preparing for it um it shook me to my core in a bad way mm-hmm. and i think sometimes in art we need that to happen I think I am in a season of my life where I needed that. But it made me very, like, I guess aware. And I, and I don't know how to explain it much further than that. But it was just, 
I felt it. I, I felt it. And I, and I, and I liked that. I think I liked that afterwards. I'm oh, interested cool. in reading volume two. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it'll wreck me, but at the <laughs> same time, I'm kind of like, oh, in a way I'm like, oh, I'm doing big girl shit now. Like I can handle <laughs> this. I didn't like it hurt, but I was like, oh, I got this. But you came out, you came out on the other yeah, side. Yeah, I came out on the other side. So I'm like, no, maybe I'll be able to handle, you know, more like, I guess grown up. I mean, I'm just a big old fucking kid sometimes. So like a big baby. So yeah. It's so funny. You're like, I can, cause I know the subject matter, but it's like, you're like, I, I can handle more grown up stuff, but that is literally the most cartoony of cartoon books <laughs> yeah, that we read. Yeah. Books, the it art style of cute. it. And it's still like cute shit. That, like, actually, that, that you know, reminded me, like, just like Stray Dogs kind of lulls you into like comfort because of the, how nice the art looks. Um, Ice Cream Man, like, especially that first, the first uh, cover of uh, issue one, if you get the standard cover, you, you have no idea what you're getting yeah. into. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. No, I, I'm really surprised. And I'm very, I'm very happy actually that you, oh, good. That you said Stray Dogs because. Yeah, I mean, like I was very scared when when, when that book was was chose because I was just like, "Oh, Carrie's not gonna like this," but I, I you, yeah, you tough through it, and and yeah, that's awesome, you yeah. know. And we all have that shared experience. That's what the whole point of, of us reading. Together, yeah, I guess right? so. Shared experience, you know. Yeah, we, we get to talk about stuff and and like go through it, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> all right well i you know what i always go last and i don't want to be the finale i'm gonna richard you, you're gonna be our uh our, wow our, our encore okay um, okay um so i don't like choosing well okay so if i was gonna choose anything i i would say my favorite was like the high desert but i don't like choosing the books that i was the one who chose the book <laughs> um and but so i'm actually i was really I'm so glad that I got to revisit um, Not All Robots. Um, oh, yeah, because like I ended up actually, it was funny, it was one of those books where I was reading it and then I lost track of when it was coming out. And I just totally just stopped reading it for like no really reason. And and I was glad that you picked it because then like I picked it back up again and it had just won like an Eisner. And it was, yeah, it was. Yeah, that it, book's really good. It, 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 that is some some good like, satire and some some good like social commentary essentially you know put in a good sci-fi book and so that yeah it was a lot of fun Um, no 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 when i finished that book i felt like i needed a shower because it was like a little bit too close to home and i was very (laughs) Mm -hmm. like i was just like well this is super depressing um that was almost my my pick as well because i was Mm -hmm. just like like of the books that we read i feel like that might have been the one that i was thinking about days later the most Mm-hmm. Yes, this season. I have to say, like favorite moments so in the uh, yeah during the season was like our interview with Devin Craft with Never Andrew. Yeah, it was fun. And and uh, and also yeah, Andrew Levin's joining us uh, last or two episodes ago as well with uh, Love and Rockets. So you know, it's always it's always fun to have our our guests come in and uh, juice things up a little bit with us. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, Richard. What's yep. your pick? Actually, um, I gonna go the opposite of uh brian and for me it was high desert oh okay <laughs> nice oh, like cool. um that really stuck with me i've never read a comic book memoir before like Ooh. and the thing, what made me what made it my pick personally is that halfway through that book i was kind of out on it i was not enjoying the experience and 
just the end of the book, it really won me back. And I was just like, oh, you know why I wasn't liking this halfway through? Because it's about a teenager and teenagers are mm-hmm. shitty. And yep. as soon as he got some experience and he started to grow past that shitty part of being a teenager, like mm-hmm. it was like, I was just like, oh my God. I know this, it's, you know, I'm 38 years old. I haven't been a teenager in a while. So it was just annoying to me, like for the first half of the book. And then like, once he started to come back around on the other side of that shitty part of being a teenager, like yeah. that whole experience paralleling my own life, like it kind of washed over me. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, like I remember these beats of like, you know, similar things, you know, I wasn't into the punk scene, but similar yeah. things happening in my own life where it's just like, oh, like, you meet this person and like you mature and like things that you were being really shitty about, you realize, Oh, that's not important. What's important is the people in your life <laughs> and those relationships. Like it, I don't know. It, it really hit me in a, in a certain way that I really appreciated, but like just the way that it would be back. Cause I, I will be honest. I was not in like, I was reading it <laughs> and I was really, really frustrated reading it at first. Yeah, and then like it really, and then it really well. He's just so shitty and annoying. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. and, 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 and then the characters that he's interacting with, like the the flagrant racism that he had to deal mm-hmm. with, was yeah. even worse. Like his teenage angst got on my nerves. But then, like the characters, so many of the characters that he had to interact with were so much more unlikable. Garbage. So I like, like, yeah. So I was just like, oh. And then when it all came around, and like, I'm like, oh yeah, this is totally the arc of your 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 teenage years and then it's like yeah i remember that and it really spoke to me when it all you know came together mm. i'm super happy to yeah i'm gl- i'm so glad because that was one other one where i i basically like when i first read that i sat I basically it was like i'm a slow reader so like it took me like three hours to, to, <laughs> to just and i just sat there i think carrie was napping and i during her nap i just read the whole thing and i'm like this is you know and i had the same feeling at first i'm like do i still want to read this but i'm like but you know what he's acknowledging in the you know he's acknowledging as an adult how much of a shit he was as a kid you know mm-hmm. like when he's like oh i shouldn't yeah. have said that to my mom i shouldn't have you know i should have done this instead or i should have you know you know and so i'm like okay there's there's gonna be some redemption and like I feel like everybody needs a, a, a day in New York, essentially. If you really, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I'm I will say favorite character of mine this entire season was Garlic. Yeah. Uh, garlic yes. is my favorite. But we said last episode that was kind of it's kind of you. Yeah. Garlic is my I, I must love me. I must have higher self-esteem yes. than I think because I absolutely <laughs> love garlic. Garlic was awesome. Yeah. We've had a very eclectic uh season yeah this season oh yeah, I, I i'd say for for if you're making me pick a character i'd have to say uh was it lorena Labrinata. oh yeah 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 yeah. she was awesome <laughs> she's over here overthrowing <laughs> government yes. wrestling bitches like i was just like <laughs> i'm give, give awesome. me a poster of her to put on my wall she's so cool whenever we do our off season i kind of always have a a goal during the off season. And I think my goal is to read as much love and rockets as possible. I've been kind of clearing out like the reason I actually read Hellboy over the weekends, because I've been clearing out other books I've been meaning to read. So I can just give basically love and rockets a, um, a runway. <laughs> and so next, mm-hmm. next, up, next episode, you might basically get what I did for Hellboy. You might get that for, for love and rockets. <laughs> you know, so we'll see. Cool um but yeah i yeah that was yeah that was a lot of fun and like it just it was almost like a history lesson going through you know with love and rockets you know like 
it's funny after I read that, now that I go to the comic book shops, not to say I never noticed Love and Rockets, but of course, now that I've read it, I'm like, oh, look at all that Love and Rockets stuff yeah. that I probably would have, I would have walked right past without noticing, without exactly. making note of. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because we were telling my folks about the episode of Love and Rockets and then they were just like, oh, we were talking about like car culture or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, it was like super big and blah, 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 blah during this time. And I'm like, yeah, that would have been when these guys were growing up in this area. So yeah. it's kind of cool that yeah. they could kind of corroborate some of the stuff that was, oh, you know, yeah, even in a fictional, really yeah. Because I think Gilbert's like two years younger than, than Carrie's parents. Yeah. And, and Jaime is, is like seven years younger. Yeah, it's pretty, so it's pretty crazy. Pretty you know? I'm and it's funny because like my dad had a shit ton of kids in his family and so it's like you probably know families long-standing families in this area like no families because the town wasn't as big as it is now yeah right. and so like you grew up maybe next to the cor- the corner store and somebody lived you know three blocks down but they always walked to that corner store so you guys know each other so it's pretty interesting so yeah, there's probably a good point. There's definitely families a, might know families. Yeah, there's kind there, of interesting. The six degrees is probably there yeah. when it comes to Carrie's <laughs> family and the Hernandez family. So that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that I see. But yeah, a lot. I've noticed that. I'm gonna work on that. that when we is come that back. your project for yeah, off season? That's also an off, um, I guess project. since we're talking about off season, quick announcement: we're actually going to be taking an extended break this time around. Um, I think we just got a lot of stuff going on and we all want like a true vacation. And we're exhausted. So what? <laughs> and we're all exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just spiritually, emotionally, physically, everybody's tired. So um, we'll be taking a four-week break. So all of October will be off. Um, I plan on doing a couple of episodes on my own because I'm a big girl. Hashtag. Um, but that's about it. And then uh, we'll we, be back in November. We We all need the time off, I think. And uh, it doesn't mean we won't be reading. Um, we'll, we're going to come back um, the week after Halloween. And uh, I think um, I was just right before we recorded, I was telling Richard that, um, I, you know, like, you know, we usually we do spooky books during you know October. So we got a spooky book done right before October. And I think we're going to come back with a spooky yeah. book as well. Um, I won't say what it is yet, but uh, I think that's probably what we're going to do. So we're going to have a little bit of a, Halloween sandwich, if you will. <laughs> it is uh, guaranteed to be spooky at the very least. Yes. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Spooky. Spoo- yeah. Weather, bes- uh, weather. Richard, besides the weather, uh, <laughs> I don't know what bes- I called you weather. weather I don't Richard. know. Richard, besides yes. the hurricane, <laughs> yes. does it feel like fall? No, no. We, we only have, we only have uh, one season here summer eternal summer mm-hmm. pretty much yeah oh, okay. that's not true we have two seasons you get one week of spring non-consecutive <laughs> and you get no no for real you get two weeks really? of winter non-consecutive yeah you mm-hmm. get about 14 days where it gets into winter weather where when winter weather down here it's like it's in the 30s at like three four five in the morning and then it's back in the 70s late mm-hmm. by noon Okay. That's winter down here. And like, you know, you get one day here, then two days in a row and a week after that, then three days in a row. But like you get about 14 days somewhere between November and February of winter. And then spring, you get like six days somewhere in February. And then like by the first week of March, it's full on summer again. 
Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. And that's basically, yeah, that's how it goes down here. Um, like, it's hot. We're in a heat wave again, but the weather turned. Mm-hmm. The weather straight up, it it turned to fall. It's just hot. Oh, really? Fall. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Because uh, I'm like, it. it's fall in the morning, and then it's a heat wave by 12. But I'm like, oh no, the air's different. Like it's everything about it is fall. It was in, it was so weird. This is the first time in a few years that it turned to fall. Yeah. So quickly. Usually it's like we're our yeah. Two, our two seasons are hot and not as hot. Yeah. <laughs> right. So thank you for visiting Grandma Weather Corner. Yeah. With Carrie. How's I did get very interested. We need a little song. I do. Like, how's weather with Carrie? I do like <laughs> because I I hate I hate summer. Yeah, I hate summer, so I'm really excited. I this is my personally the last quarter of the year is the best part yeah. of the year. October, November, December is in, like weather wise and like you know you got cool holidays and not as much work as usual because of all the holidays. You know, so it's a good time. You know, so very cool, fun stuff. All right. So I think that might be it for the episode. Um, We'll be back in a month. Don't forget us. Still love us. (laughs) We'll still be around on all of our socials. Yeah. I'll also do the poll list every every week um, and then post random stuff, you know, on Instagram, which Richard, I'm sure you'll you'll find some random things to retweet on on Twitter. Well, we'll still. Absolutely. We'll still, we'll still, we'll still be there in spirit. We have reached the end of our show. Uh, thank you to everyone listening to our show: uh, Instagram, Twitter, Good Pods, CBB Pod. Um, for our uh, book clubbers on Friday, we will announce the next episode's main subject on um, the the Friday before the episode. So that will be the Friday before Halloween uh, when we do this next time. Um, if you have any comments or anything about um, the book that you want us to uh, read or talk about. Uh, on our episode, email us at better at gmail.com. Or if you have any general questions or anything you want us to talk about, if you have a quiz or something you want us to do, <laughs> you know, just send it over to us. Uh, website is commonsdeservebetter.wordpress.com where you can request a subject for a future show. And Richard, where can we find you on the internets? Um, I'm at TopCat360 um, on all of our social media. Hey! Yes. My football team's good. It's never happened before. <laughs> awesome. Or as it happens, it's not like I was a child. Like it's been like 20 years of that team not being good. Sweet. And like they're good. I don't know if they're gonna win anything. That doesn't mean they're gonna win the Super Bowl, but like it's just nice that the team is good. But like, <laughs> but like even when we'd win, like we'd look kind of incompetent. And like now we oh. win and we look competent. And that's very pleasant. <laughs> yeah. I am at uh, Bryson underscore CB on Instagram. Um, Carrie, do you have anything for us this week? Or no, just be nice to each other. Everyone, be nice to each other. Have a That's fun. Right. Have a fun Halloween season. You know. Yes. Yeah, it's en- spooky season. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy it as much as you are able to, because I know there's lots of things going on where sometimes it's hard to be happy about stuff. But yeah, yeah. enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Find solace in the spooky. Um, all right, well, for Richard and Carrie, I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics Deserve Better podcast. And remember, comics deserve better, and everyone deserves comics. Bye. 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 So long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like that. That was awesome. Bye.